Well, good afternoon and welcome to Tea Time with Miss Liz. That's right. We are here for the second show on this amazing Thursday. And I have an incredible, incredible guest sitting in the back studio here. She is a returning guest from season two, Constance Woolart. Oh, my goodness. She's also my sister of change and leaders. And oh, my God, like there is so much that we're going to do this afternoon. We're going to spill you a good, strong TEA and we're going to show you just how much transformation has happened in two years with this amazing guest. So before we get started, we're going to do the disclaimer and all of that good stuff. And then if you have any questions, throw them into the comments or directly send your questions directly to Miss Liz's inbox. And I will get those questions asked to Constance as we are live today. And if you have any comments or anything like that that you would like to share with us, you can you can reach me on my website you can reach me through direct messaging and you can reach me through any of my platforms so again i'm really excited as you can tell season two guests returning i love when my guests return it just makes me extra special and happy so let's get this disclaimer going and let's get a little bit of bio of constance willard and then we're going to spill a good strong tea with you this afternoon Miss Liz is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, there may, be, may bring forward dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forms only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you choose that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect that choice and I will see you at a later show at a later date and time. And again, all tea times this year are done on a Thursday morning, afternoon and evening. If they are not on a Thursday, they are rescheduled, which will be a Monday or a Tuesday. So let me get Constance in here. But before I get her in here, I'm really, really excited and I want everyone to share, share, share this tea time because we got some incredible news coming. Professional, Constant Willar is a professional speaker, visionary nursing leader, mindset coach, and 12-time best-selling author. Constant Willar is an emerging force in the national and global community. She's recently took the stage in Paris, France, to speak on suicide prevention during Women's History Month. She collaborated with Dr. Cheryl Wood and the legendary Les Brown in the unleashing your undeniable impact anthology and speaking tour november 2021 she is a co-author of the woman who 
praying collaborative igniting 90 days of prayer mrs woolard is a featured author of the heart of a leader and if you want more on constance you're going to have to go to miss liz's facebook page and check out her full bio and let's get her in here and let's spill some tea with you so welcome constance good afternoon how are you it is a pleasure to have you back here and see your friendly face again so constance you were here in season two what has happened since then Oh my gosh, so much has happened since then. Of course, you know, I, as I, you mentioned earlier, I had the opportunity to travel to Paris, France and speak and present on suicide prevention, which is something that's very dear to my heart because suicide is on the rise. And I was able to make my presentation, but at the same time, network with people from all over the world in countries that are having the same issues that we are having here in the United States with suicide and suicide prevention. I met one young lady from Norway um, that said it's on the rise with women there and they just do not know what to do. And so I've been asked to join them on a task force and to go to Norway and speak as well on suicide prevention. Now, after being a part of so many anthologies, so many best-selling anthologies, um, my proudest one, of course, was my collaboration with Les Brown. But then I decided, you know, it's time. It is time for you to launch your own visionary project. And so I did, The Invisible Soul. I have 12 wonderful collaborating authors that joined me, uh, Miss Liz being one, and I thank you so much. But each one, they have joined this collaboration and they're telling their story of a time in their life when they felt invisible, overlooked, unimportant, and so I wanted to get that out there and to share that story. And of course, this was inspired by my time in my life when I felt invisible. And so, so much has been going on since season two. So Constance, we have a question here. How did you How get did the you get title Invisible Soul? I got the title because my whole vision with this project was, I tell about a time uh, with my struggle with childhood obesity. And during that time, for 47 years of my life, I struggled with obesity. And during that time, especially in my younger years, I felt invisible. Even though I was the largest thing in the room, I was overlooked. I was ignored. And so I felt invisible. I felt isolated. You know, I was pretty much my own best friend. And so, and my food was my comfort and my entertainment. And so that's what inspired me. But the thing that really pushed me forward was the sabotaging behaviors that I engaged in as a result of those 47 years of feeling invisible and dealing with the obesity. And so when I left the stage in 2020, Sean Fair Leadership Tour Experience, Troy, Michigan, when I left the stage, because I talked about that experience, but that's when the inspiration came to me, okay, you need to take this thing a little bit deeper. Talk about the sabotaging behaviors because that's what people need to know and what they need to hear about and what they need to be free from or free of. And so that's what inspired this visionary project, The Invisible Soul. That's how I got the title, The Invisible Soul. And I'm just excited because it's going to be released next month and I cannot wait. So Constance, you have a release date? It's just all we, the publisher said it's June. They do not have the exact date, but they've said June. And so we're just waiting. If it happens June 1st, I would be so pleased because that was my parents' anniversary. So that would be uh, awesome, right? That would be awesome. So I'm praying. I'm going to actually, I'm going to call her today and see, can you give me a date yet? And if it can be June 1st, I would be, would be so excited and just elated. I am so excited for this book to come out. Like you said, Constance, I took part in this collaboration. And I just can't wait to read all of the stories of all the other authors that are in this book, right? Yes. Uh, and it's been a journey for us. And, it has you know, been. Each other and connecting with each other. Uh, you know, I got to meet a couple of you said at Sean Fair Leadership Experience Tour. That's where I met Constance in person. So I got to give her a hug and I got to meet her. So... 
I was really excited about that. And plus there's also a couple other authors that are in there from the Sean Fair Leadership Experience Tour. If you haven't heard of Sean Fair, you need to check him out. Yes. And you need to check out what he's doing because he's really changing lives. Uh, you know, um, I, I, I top my hat off to Sean for giving me the chance and opportunity to be on his stage, you know. Uh, I was scared, uh, but I served my tea and I shared. But Constance, I want to get into, since 2021, what, what has Constance done for Constance? What Constance has done for Constance is just to continue to enjoy life from my perspective. And when I say that, that is to enjoy doing the things that I love doing. And the things that I enjoy doing most of all is educating, elevating, and empowering others. That's the thing that I enjoy the most. And so if I'm able to share my knowledge that's going to help someone to advance or to elevate them or to empower them to get up and to move forward to do some things, that's what I've done for me. That's what motivates me. That's what keeps me engaged. And so that is what I've done for myself since then. Well, and I've seen the growth in you. I've seen all of the things you've done since I've met you, you know, and I'm just like, wow. So Constance, you have this incredible podcast as well. Let's yes. talk about that a little bit. On, yes. On how that came about. Yes. Oh my gosh. Again, listening to stories of others. I have a clubhouse room that I have on Monday nights and it's called Sabotaging Behaviors and How to Overcome Them. And so I have had the opportunity and the pleasure to just kind of connect with people from all over the country, all over the world on Clubhouse that I've never met face to face. But I feel like I know them personally because we have connected, we've interacted, we've had various discussions on that platform. And as a result of that platform, I said, you know what? I need to take it deeper. So that's when I started the podcast, the Speak Easy, E-A-Z-Y podcast. My YouTube channel is the Speak Easy podcast. And that is a platform where we talk about different issues in life. We talk, we have one series that comes on every first and third Tuesday, dating and Christian relationships. We have that one. And I mean, we really talk, we really talk about a lot of things just dealing with relationships, period. Okay. Um, but I have that platform. We talk about health issues. We talk about real estate. We talk about finances, how to invest. Um, we just talk about a variety of things that are, are of interest to so many people. And so the Speak Easy podcast, that's how that came to light, was from my experience on Clubhouse. So Constance, you got to work with Les Brown. How was that? Oh my gosh, it was just phenomenal. Because for years, I can remember in my younger years, seeing him on television with, on the Oprah Winfrey show. And then he has several radio talk shows and I would listen to him and he was just so uplifting and so encouraging and so knowledgeable. So to get the opportunity to get a chance to work with him and to get to know him, that was totally phenomenal. Um, just a breath of fresh air that I needed at the time that that occurred. And that man was all, that man was underestimated a lot by a lot of people, you know, yes. Yes, and, and you look at him today and you can see the inspiration and the motivation. And if you ever get a chance to listen to Les Brown, I, I highly recommend that you check him out as well, because he's an incredible man. Uh, I hope to meet him one day because he really does inspire me and gives me that motivation to just keep moving. And that's what I do is I listen to people that motivate us, right, that inspire us and encourage us. You know, you got to listen to the good stuff, get rid of the trash, get rid of that extra baggage, right? It's like the weight that you lost constantly, yes. you know? Uh, and that's what you were on tea time for the first time was uh, your the weight challenge and that. Uh, so do you want to share a little bit on how you stayed the way, uh, like stayed the weight and got the weight to stay off? Sure. And so for me, over that 47 year period, every diet out there, I can educate you on it, tell you about it because I've done it. I lost weight, but I was not able to sustain the weight loss. And in 2012, my father suffered two massive strokes back to back. 
And when I watched what those strokes did to him as a result of non-compliance with medication, health issues, I made up in my mind at that time that, you know what? I've got to make a change, a permanent change. I can't go out like that. And so I had to recognize and admit some things within myself. I love to eat. I love good food and I do not like to be restricted. And restriction was the main thing is why I was never successful with the diets for a long period of time. I don't like to be restricted. You know, if I want that chocolate cake today, I want it. And if I want it again tomorrow, I want it. And so I had to train myself. And that, that was the hard part, training myself to eat less. Now, the average size dinner plate is seven to eight inches in diameter. Olive Garden, nine inches. That's too much food. Too oh. much. And so I decided I would buy smaller plates. I didn't change the way I cooked. I did not change what I cooked. I ate at leisure what I wanted to eat, but I had to learn to limit and to train myself to eat fast. So I bought some four and a half inch plates from Target. And if it did not fit on that plate, didn't eat it. You had one time to eat. That was it. No seconds, one time. That was the hardest part for me. So what I would do is at the time I, I lived in a two-story home. And so I would eat and then I would go right up the stairs because if I came downstairs again or if I remained downstairs, I was going to eat again. So to prevent myself from eating, I would go upstairs and I would hibernate in my room until the next day. I didn't come out because I wanted to maintain that. But after about four to six months, it became habit. It became a routine. And so now it doesn't bother me. And so I can proudly say 13 years later, okay, I have gotten the weight off and it has remained off. Now, one thing that I realized when I first started doing this, my son was probably like, mm, probably 11, 12 at the time. And he watched what I was doing and he said, mama, what are you doing? And so I explained to him, I was trying to manage my weight for health reasons. I said, because I need to be here for you. I said, so I'm doing this for health reasons so I can have longevity to be here to take care of you. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to join with you. And for the first time, it became apparent to me that I had been teaching him all of my bad eating habits from over the years. Oh, it, it, it never dawned on me. Right. And we never, we never think that our children are watching and then repeating, right? Yes. Yes. And when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have been teaching him all of my bad habits. And so he did. He went on the diet with me and he lost weight as well. And he has maintained his weight. And so that's my whole thing is telling people, you know, hey, it was a 47 year struggle for me, especially with children, because it's so detrimental to children. You know, you're ridiculed, you're picked on, you're teased. And then when you go through puberty, that's a hard time for children to be overweight as they are going through and experiencing puberty. And so I tell parents, if you have a child and you don't know how to help that child and to connect with that child, find someone that find help, help them to overcome that struggle now while they're younger. So we have a question here for you, Constance. Could you give us five tips on sabotaging behavior? Sure. First of all, you have to recognize and acknowledge that you are engaging in a sabotaging behavior or sabotaging behaviors because we, we can engage in multiple behaviors at one time. And so you first have to recognize and then reveal that you are engaged in these behaviors because without revelation, there is no healing. You have to reveal in order to heal, okay? Once you have done that, and it doesn't happen overnight, okay? And once you have trained yourself or you have learned or become accustomed to avoid those behaviors, if you're not careful, they can creep back in. So you have to be fully aware of what the behaviors are, what your triggers are. Identify your triggers, okay? Things that used to bother me 10, 15 years ago don't bother me. You know, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. You know, it's life. That's just it. That's it. And if it's something that I can do something about, 
Okay, well, then we work toward that. But if it's something that I have no control over, and when you think about it, most things in life, we don't have control over. I let it go. You know, just like that little girl in Frozen, let it go. You have to let things go. You have to learn to be forgiving. You know, someone may have done you wrong 25, 30 years ago or said something negative about you or negative to you that has impacted your psyche. Let it go because forgiveness is not for us. It's for the other person. Okay, let it go. Forgive as Christ forgives us. Okay, fourthly, just make up in your mind. I will sabotage no more. I will sabotage no more. That's what I said to myself. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to take the high road. I'm going to be the bigger person. I am not going to indulge in those behaviors that destroyed me. Because what happens is sabotaging behaviors, they prevent you from being your best self if you're not careful. And so that's when I made it in my mind, sabotage no more. Sabotage no more. And then fifthly, just live life, have a spiritual life. You know, whatever has brings meaning to your life spiritually, indulge in that, engage in that, be consistent. A consistent prayer life. A consistent prayer life makes the difference. So Constance, you're also a caregiver and you've been a caregiver for over 20 years, I believe, if I remember right. Uh, right. right at 35 years. 35 years. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that service. Uh, thank you. This morning, we also had an, a nurse on and I want to really thank the nurses out there and the caregivers out there. We don't say thank you enough, you know, so just thank you, Constance, for that. You're welcome. So do you want to share a little bit on how you got into that? And what's the passion of caregiving for you? Sure. Um, you know, I've been like I said, I've been a nurse now for 35 years. And for me, it's the connection that you make with the patients you care for, but a lot of times the families as well. You make that connection. And if you take have the pleasure of taking care of someone long-term, oh my gosh, that is such a joy because you become a part of their family. They look to you as family. I worked home health for some years and those patients, they considered me family. Um, one one patient I had, I actually had Thanksgiving dinner with them um, one year. They considered me family. Her two daughters came from out of town and we got together. And she also had a private caregiver as well. I was her nurse. And the private caregiver, myself, the patient and the two daughters, we had a phenomenal time just fellowshipping with each other. And so for me, um, now that I'm in the mental health arena, that is my passion, mental health. I still love my long-term care. Um, I am a long-term care consultant to long-term care facilities as well, but mental health is my passion because mental illness is real. Mental illness is real and it's underserved. We have a population of underserved individuals that really need the help. And this country is not doing enough to serve that population. So it is my pleasure to be able to do that, um, to be able to be a part of that, and just to educate people on mental health awareness. It's a disease process and nothing to be ashamed of. You know, if you think hard, it affects every family. Every family. So Constance, we have a question here for you. Being a nurse and a caregiver, how do the nurses hide their mental health? Oh, wow. <laughs> that one, you know, it's, it, it can be many ways. You know, a lot of times people have things, and it's not just nurses. People have things that they have experienced, trauma that they may have experienced that they don't want to share and they don't share. They hold it within. And so sometimes when they're faced with a patient and maybe is going through similar things that they have experienced, they have a hard time with it. Okay. But it's, a lot of people are able to just check things at the door and they go in and do what they need to do to take care of others. Okay. But they have all kind of other things going on in their private lives. They, they, they may be going through a divorce. You know, they may be ha have some wayward children, whatever. But they have learned to adapt because it's about their passion, caring for others. And so they adapt that and they check their personal feelings and things at the door to go in and fulfill their passion. 
And so that's one way the nurses can hide that. Another way you have people, they may be drug abusers or alcoholics. We never know. They're very well, they're closet alcoholics. They're closet drug users because they know how to manage in the work environment. But then sometimes it just takes one little slip up and then you're able to see the signs of, okay, something is going on. But for a long period of time, they have been able to manage and to hide those things. Well, it's almost like a sabotaging behavior. Exactly. In the closet of hiding stuff, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly, you're right. Yeah, and and as a medical profession, you have this look that you're supposed, you know, this perception of how you're supposed to look and act, right? Exactly. But we all, as individuals, deal with different traumas and things in different ways, right? That's uh, true. That and as so a nurse true. and a caregiver, you guys see so much out there. You, it has to affect in some way. Um, so, what have you done to get over that, Constance? Well, you know, some things that I have witnessed and seen as a nurse, and it, it just makes me more appreciative and more thankful to my parents for raising me the way that they did. You know, there were times that I hated it. There were times that I didn't appreciate it. But when I, some of the things that I have observed and witnessed, I thank them every day. They're no longer with me, but I still thank them for being the two parents that, they, that God blessed me with. You know, because God gives you what you need a lot of times. And those two were what I needed. And so I've seen a lot and it just makes me so grateful. You know, I have been in a place, in a space of gratefulness for so long now. It's whatever life throws at me, it's okay. It's okay because I'm ready for it because I know it's for my good. Whether it's bad, it's good, ugly, indifferent. I'm grateful for it. Because I know in the end, it's for my good. So, Constance, if I could ask you, who is your role models that you look up to besides your parents? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I haven't thought about that. You know, I, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers and I'm like, hmm. And, you know, I may agree with some things that they do or have done. Um, Oprah Winfrey has been one of my role models for a long time because She's such a philanthropist and has such a giving spirit. And God has blessed her with so much, yet she is so humble. And I like that about her. You know, she's always striving to help the underserved and to do things to empower and to elevate and to educate others. And so I could say maybe Oprah is one of mine. Um, I look back on some of my grandparents, some things that they did in their lives that have inspired me to want to do more. You know, my grandmother was an educator for 43 years and just her interaction with children in the community and the respect that she gained from the community of those kids that she educated has made a difference in my life as far as being an educator. I wanted to ask you that question because you do a lot of leadership roles and you, and you help a lot of people. You mentor a lot of people and you're also into tutoring. We're going to get into that in, the, in two minutes here. Uh, and we need to have role models in order to be a role model, correct? Uh, so I wanted to know who inspires you and who, who really gets you to move and say, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. If they've gone through that, I can get through this, you know? Uh, so I want to get into the tutoring now because you, you're tutoring now. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the tutoring because tutoring has to do a lot with role models and mentoring ships, right? Yes. And so I got involved with the tutoring because I have run across so many nursing students that have paid large amounts of money to attend a nursing program and to matriculate. You know, and when if, if you've never been to nursing school, maybe you can understand or you can't. But when you're in nursing school, you give up your time, your talent and your money. You know, I think back when I was in school, the number of family functions that I missed because I couldn't go. I had to study, you know, and nursing school can and is a very humbling experience. And so when I start interacting with students who can't pass these tests and I'm like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Now, a gift that I have, a God-given gift is I, I'm a very good test taker. I, I, I just, I'm just a good test taker. So what I'm doing now with this tutoring is I am showing people how to 
be successful on the test. It's not really that much about the content. It's the game because it is a game to testing and the strategy. And so that's what I'm working with students on now is how to look at the question and to make sure that you understand what is being asked of you or what is expected of you. And so I teach test-taking strategy. I look at question analysis and interpretation. I look at keywords and helping them to understand those words. I look at analogies, how to determine what the question is asking you because some words mean the same depending on how they're being used. And so that is what I do with my tutoring. I'm tutoring now for the NCLEX exam for nurses who are seeking licensure. I'm also tutoring students who want to take the pharmacy admissions, pharmacy school admissions test and the medical school admissions test because I'm a very good, very good at math and reading um, and critical reasoning and deductive thinking. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, I got involved in that back in October of last year. And that's what I do in what spare time I have left. <laughs> Because you're doing so much out there, you know, and it all does take time to do all yes, of this stuff. It does. And I just wonder sometimes why I look up sometimes and I'm like, wow, the day is gone, you know, because I still work an eight hour job. And sometimes some days like today, Thursdays are my long day because I have sites on the West Coast. And so they're two, three hours behind. And so it's late here, but I'm still dealing with them working. But that's OK, because that's what engages me, keeps me engaged being able to reach out and to serve and to educate and to make those connections with other individuals. That's what keeps me engaged. Well, I, th I think it's really deeply important what you're doing too, because you're tutoring and you're giving that encouragement to the nurses, right? Because like this morning we were, we were talking about people don't understand how much is behind a nurse, you know, all the jobs that a nurse and like, like, yeah, like my guest this morning said, she said, you know, it's not just bringing a pill to you and, and giving you a shower. There's so much more that's being done, you know. So, mm -hmm. Constance, what has nursing taught you? Oh, wow. Nursing has taught me several things. It's taught me, again, to be more in tune to my health and to be more accountable to myself related to my health. Okay. It's taught me to be a better educator as far as educating others on how to maintain health and to take care of themselves. Um, it's taught me just to appreciate life itself. Yeah. I've met so many wonderful people in my years as a nurse and I've made so many connections, great connections by being a nurse. So it's done, it's really given me an expanded family. Um, I'm an only child and I don't have siblings but I have so many play nieces and god nieces as a result of being a nurse, people who I've met over the years and made those connections. And so nursing has just been a lot for me. It's just been a wonderful thing for me. I witnessed some sad things, of course. We always do. Um, I witnessed some good things. So, but when I look at it overall over the past 35 years, the good outweighs the bad and the sad. So Constance, I want to get into a little bit of the events that you've taken part in. Uh, could you share a little bit about the events and how long you've been doing events? Oh, wow. Um, have not been doing it that long um, as far as events. Now, I grew up doing events because in church from the age of three, I had two jobs when I went to church. One was to stay awake. You could not go to sleep under no circumstance. My mother did not play that. So the expectation was you stay awake. So that was my first job at church. The second job was if they announced a program of some type, I didn't have to ask. I knew my job was to stay after church to go and get information on that program. Why? Because I was going to be a participant. That was an expectation. No way around it. And I will never forget. Um, I, one year they announced that they were having the men's day program. So I'm thinking men, I'm a female. It doesn't apply to me. So I didn't stay. I came on home. And so we were eating dinner. Now, mind you, this was pre microwave days. Okay. And we were eating dinner and my mother says to me, so what are you going to be doing for the men's day program? And I said, I'm not going to be doing anything. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, I didn't stay. She said, what do you mean you didn't stay? I said, well, they said the men, so I didn't think I had to stay. She said, well, yeah, but what did I say? 
She's I said, any program that they have, you will be a part of it. So she took my plate and wrapped it in foil, set it in the oven, took me back to the church. I was the only child there. <laughs> I was the only little girl there. But long story short, when we finished that meeting that day, I became the MC of the men's day program at our church. So at the age of three, that was my first event. <laughs> I was the MC of the men's day program at my church. And so I've been speaking, you know, in church, being in plays and different things because my parents promoted that. And I thank them for that today because I have no fear of going on stage. I have no fear. I have no fear of standing up before people and talking. I just don't have that fear. And so I thank them so much for that today. I didn't realize then that they were grooming me at that time for something bigger and better. I had no clue. But now that I have recognized that, I thank them so much. You know, Sean Fair came and we went to Michigan for that. I stepped on that stage. I mean, fearless as I could be. I had no fear. I was not nervous. I just got out there and talked and came on off the stage. Paris, France, same thing. No fear. It was like talking to my next door neighbor. And so that... Them instilling that in me prepared me for what I'm doing now. And I think I, I think by having that given to you at such a young age also helps with public yes. speaking and that as well because you you were so young and you were like I got this like you know give me that <laughs> mic and I think that's where the, the speak easy comes in right is yes. Uh, yes and as you know I have a microphone in my logo yes big mouth and a and a microphone. That's my logo for the speakeasy. I've got a big mouth and I love the microphone. So we have a question here for you, Constance. What has been your favorite speaking gig so far? Oh, wow. Uh, my favorite has been, again, going to Paris and speaking there um, to such an international crowd, for one, and the connection that I made. But again, talking about my passion, suicide prevention, mental illness. And so, and, and the funny thing about that is the, the months ahead as I was preparing to go to Paris to speak, I had a totally different topic. But I was watching the news and you may remember that they had this former Miss USA. Yes. Turned, she jumped out the window and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm getting ready to change this speech right now. because this, And then someone else had committed suicide a few days prior to that. And I'm like, you know what? This is something that's big. And I need to be a part of in heightening of heightening awareness on this. And so I changed my topic midstream right then. And that's what I presented on when I went to Paris. And so that probably was one of my favorite of all the things that I've done. So Constance, have you had anybody in your family or close to you commit suicide? No, I have not. Um, but I have some family members who have experienced mental illness, but no suicide. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel that we can break the stigma on mental health by speaking? You know, just by educating the public, you know, letting them know that, you know, everybody sees someone walking the street, they're talking to themselves, oh, something's wrong with them. Their mind's not good. They're crazy, whatever. Okay. But at the root of all of that and all those behaviors is an illness, just like hypertension, just like diabetes. Mental health is an illness. Okay. And so it needs to be treated. Just like we take medications to lower our blood pressure to treat hypertension, just like the diabetic takes either oral hypoglycemics or insulin to lower their blood sugar and to manage that disease. There are medications and counseling and treatment to manage mental illness. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, we all were born with something that flaws. Okay. But at least for mental illness, there are medications that can help and to treat the disease. Some people were born with things that cannot be treated. And so it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, and my mission is to educate the public on signs and symptoms, things that you need to look for. With anyone that you interact with, your friends, your family, your children, whomever, things that you need to be aware of, you know, hey, if this is someone who was always well-groomed, okay, and now they're just looking unkempt and a little frazzled, pay attention. Something's going on with that person, okay? 
if this person began to start giving away valuable things all of a sudden, and that's not their nature, but all of a sudden now they want to give away their valuables, one of the first signs of suicide. They're planning their strategy right then. They're releasing things of this world. And so that's what my mission is, just to educate people on, you know, hey, watch watch your family members, watch your children. You know, if you notice something that's kind of off kilter, pay attention. Don't ignore it and don't overlook it. Pay attention. Pay attention. You just brought up something, and I never really paid attention to that before, was people giving away their valuables. You know, it's the red flags and the signs. Pay attention to the signs. There's yes. so much out there that we're not paying attention to. It's like you said, like as soon as we walk by somebody who's talking to themselves, I talk to myself all the time. So I get crazy all the time, you know, uh, but we need to really start paying attention to the little details, you know, and start really opening up that conversation and yes. having that open dialogue, I find is going to break that stigma and break that, you know, uh, the shame on mental health. Why are yes. we shaming it so much? You know, why is there so much shame on mental health when one in four is diagnosed with a mental health illness? You know, I believe it's one in two. I don't, I, I don't know the one in four, but I, I say one in two, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, people are tend to be afraid of individuals with mental illness. Um, the company that I work for now presently, we provide mental health services and competency restoration in prison environments. Okay. Oh. And so people ask me, well, aren't you afraid? You know, something's gonna uh, no, I'm not. Because guess what? Just like me, they are someone's brother, sister, daughter, friend. They have loved ones that care about them as well. And so they're individuals just like me. So my thing is I respect them in spite of what they may have done. You know, one of my sites is like a forensic hospital. And so we have people that may have killed their whole family that morning and lunchtime, they're with us because they're not competent to stay in trial. So they come to us to be to restore competency. Sometimes they're, they're restored, sometimes they're not. But again, regardless of what has happened, okay? And like I tell people all the time, the only difference between them and us is Unfortunately, they got caught. Exactly. Think about what you may have done by the grace of God. You did not get caught. You could have been in the same exactly. situation. It can happen to any of us. Okay. And so just because they're behind prison bars does not give us the right to disrespect or demean. And so I treat them with the utmost respect because, again, they belong to someone too, just like I do. I, I, and, and I think that's really important discussion to have on Tea Time is, you know, people that go to prison there's individuals and not everyone that is in prison is guilty mm -hmm. they have been put there you know uh there are mistakes in life people do make mistakes even the systems make mistakes yes you know we need to start being transparent and really say you know what i made a mistake i messed up you know i think we're gonna get more and more change in the world more humanity yes. back when we start facing and saying you know what i'm human being i made a mistake i hurt you i'm sorry you know uh start being really authentic with everybody you know be be yourself and i say yeah. this all the time you know that in constance miss liz always says you know be yourself you know if you're having a hard day show people you're having a hard day because maybe your hard day is helping somebody else that's having a hard day because they might be saying, you know what, if she can show that she's having a hard day, I can too. Exactly. You know? exactly. And it's not about being negative. It's about showing people the rawness and the image that we're not masking our pain. We're actually showing our pain. It's about and, being uh, human. You know, it's all about humanity. Right. We're human, you know, and we don't strive for perfection. We strive for excellence because we cannot be perfect. We're not perfect beings. And we never will be. So instead of trying to strive for perfection, I encourage people to strive for excellence because that we can achieve. Yeah. And now I want to get into where this hour is just flying by so fast. Oh, wow. yes, I want to get into your tea. Constance, if I give you the TEA, what words are you giving me? Today? Oh, wow. So I have a multi-blended tea that I'm going to put out there. Okay. okay. So we're going to look at the letter T. Okay, 
thoughtfulness and transparency. The letter E, educate, elevate, and empower. The letter A, authenticity, acceptance, and alignment. And that is my blended T, my multi-blended T. So you want to tell me why you gave me all those incredible, powerful words? You know, because to me, they're just important and it's a part of me, who I am. You know, I'm thoughtful. I think it's important to be thoughtful. You know, it's you have to consider others just like you consider yourself sometimes. You, you just can't take it all at first at face value that it's about you. You know, me being an only child, I grew up thinking it was about me. And one day I realized, you know what? It's not about me. You know, I'm not in this world by myself. There are other people. So that taught me to be thoughtful and to think of others as well as I think of myself. Okay. Transparency is so important. It is what it is. You know, that's what I tell my son all the time. You know what? Just go ahead and put it out there. It is what it is. Be truthful. There's no reason to hide. You know, People used to say one time, well, you got skeletons in your closet. Well, my thing is take those skeletons, put some skin on them, and bring them to life. Make those babies dance. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then as far as the ease, you know, that's my mantra. Educate, elevate, and empower. Okay. And then the A with the authenticity and acceptance. Accept people at face value. Meet them where they are, okay? Someone met me where I was one day, okay? And so meet people where they are. Deal with them at their level, okay? And then alignment. When you do all these things, everything in life and nature aligns. I really like that word alignment because it really brings you to the right dots, right? Yes. We're yes. all dots in in the universe and yes. when we align with the right dots we make a beautiful masterpiece we mm -hmm. actually create a beautiful flow just like this incredible book that is coming out i'm i'm so super excited about the invisible soul and i mean like you got to go and grab a copy when it comes out like because there's so many incredible authors in that book yes and I'm not trying to toot my horn, but Miss Liz is in there and I'm drinking, I'm the ugly duckling drinking the tea. So if yes. you want to read that story, uh, yes. Constance, what is your, what is your chapter based on? Hidden treasure is the title of my chapter. And I take you from age three up until last year when we started the collaboration and it's called hidden treasure. That's the visionary chapter. And one thing I want to say is once the book is released, I'm planning some book signing tours. Um, the first one will be in Charleston, South Carolina. I get there to travel? Be, yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to all the places that I've lived. So we're going to go Charleston, South Carolina, because I've had family in the area. Okay. There's going to be one in Phoenix, Arizona, because I lived in Phoenix for a while. There's going to be one in Des Moines, Iowa. There's going to be one in San Antonio. And there will be one in Kansas City. So stay wow. tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's some here. good news coming, guys. Yes. And, and who knows? Yes. Maybe we'll do tea time in all of those different states. Hey, that would be wonderful. <laughs> now we're, we're getting things planned right now. I called all my friends in these areas. I'm like, okay, my book is coming out. I need you guys to find a venue and the plan to help me plan this book signing. Okay. And so I've got my friends working on it and we're going to make it happen. And I think it's really important to bring back that home style, right? Like, yes. like you said, you're going back to all the places. So it kind of brings them on the journey of your story as well. Yes. You know, not only read my chapter and my story, but travel with me to these locations, you know, and anybody that's impacted with your chapter, Constance, they can say, you know what, where's the next road trip we're going to? Like, where are we going? Where's the dots? Right? You know, get people really excited about just hearing those stories and yes, and meeting all of us. You know, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm on board for traveling. I can okay. a good trip. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I think it would be awesome to see you again in person. I haven't seen you in a couple of years, so 
it, it really is amazing to see you again. But I want to ask you a couple more questions. And then we have a couple comments here that are coming in that, that are saying, uh, Constance, way to go, rocket girl. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Paris, wow, <laughs> we got. Uh, and I want to get into the one word that describes you as an individual. You gave me the word visionary. Why visionary? Because I always look to the future and what the future will bring. Um, how will I be, be more advanced as time goes on? And so how much more matured will I be and refined as a woman, as a leader, as a friend? You know, I, that's why I said I'm a visionary. I look to the future and things to come. And that's why I put those glasses in your video because Constance has these amazing glasses all the time. Uh, if anybody knows Constance, pay attention to her jewelry and her glasses. I swear <laughs> she has the best dress. Like she's a top notch. I, I'm always like, oh my goodness, where did you get that? How did you get like this necklace that you have on is really gorgeous. To Thank me. you. And the glasses are amazing once again. So I want to get into your favorite color. You gave me red. Why red? Red is bold, it's powerful, and it's highly visible and noticeable. And so that's why I like red. It also represents fierceness. Okay. And so that's why red is my favorite color. I, I think red is really, really, the cover of the book is red as well. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Um, wow. yeah. Pay attention, Miss Liz. Miss Liz. <laughs> yeah. So, Constance, we've hit on your tutoring, nursing, events, speaking, podcasts, and some updates. Uh, what else do you have for us before we wrap up? Um, I love to cook. I have a small catering service here in Montgomery, Alabama that I do. Uh, small venues, baking. And think because I love to bake, I love to cook, and so I do a lot of baking and small catering gigs. Um, cooking is my passion as well. I would have never knew that. Yeah, see, there's always something that I'm learning about you, Constance. So, what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal, um, I love pastas, um, but my favorite thing I like to prepare is gumbo because it brings back so many memories of me growing up. Because Whenever my mom made gumbo, she started me off small by cleaning the seafood, of course. That was my job. And then chopping the ingredients to go in the gumbo. But as we did that, it was a lot of work and a lot of time. But that was our one-on-one -on -one time. She and I, we, we talked about things. And she shared things with me that she endured. And things that happened in the family or whatever. And just different things. We just, she just told different stories. You know, how she and my dad met. You know, and all these things. And so... That was our time to talk about things and to just really have some good candid talks. And so that's why gumbo is so important to me. And then another thing about gumbo, why it's my favorite to prepare is because as I learned to begin to prepare it and the order of how things happen with it, that taught me that everything in life, there's a process. There's a process to it. And you have to follow the process because if I didn't follow the process of gumbo making or if I still don't, I'm going to mess it up. It's a process and you have to follow the process and trust the process as you're following it. And then also too, it reminds me of team building as a leader. Everybody's diverse and has different ideas and different talents. But if you take time and you collaborate and you blend those talents, talents, you have a wonderful team. Same thing with gumbo. The ingredients have their own uniqueness, but combine them, you make a wonderful pot of gumbo. And so gumbo well, is my favorite. And gumbo is like a bunch of stuff that's mixed together. Yes, okra, tomatoes, onions, bell pepper, celery, shrimp, crab. Um, is you got it there. And so each one of those items have their own unique taste. But when you blend them, it's the blending, the sharing, and that collaboration of those different things that make the gumbo what it is. And that's like with team building. When you take those diverse talents and put them together. And they work together cohesively as a team. You have an awesome team. So we have a question here for you, Constance. What does team mean to you? Okay. I'm going to tell you two things about team. You know, you've heard the saying that there is no I in team. 
you know, heard that over and over again. But um, Shaquille O'Neal had made a statement about a conversation that he and Kobe Bryant had after one of their games. And, you know, he, he was telling him, you know, the message he was trying to deliver or to get to Kobe was, you don't have to be everything to everybody all the time. And he said to Kobe, there is no I in team. And Kobe's response to him is, yeah, but there's an M and an E, me. And so for me, that ME means what is my responsibility and my accountability to my team? You know, how am I interacting with my team? Am I delivering as I should? Am I developing as I should? Am I receiving as I should? Because sometimes as a leader, we don't receive well. Sometimes we need to take, sit back and, and follow sometimes as a leader. And so that's what team means to me. But again, it's just the blending of talents, the collaboration, the sharing, and at the end of the day, agreeing to disagree to move the team forward. I, I, I never mm -hmm. ever thought of it that way, you know, with the, the M and the E. Mm -hmm. You know, team has me a part of it, mm -hmm. you know. Without me, we don't have a team because we have one individual, right? Yes. So it's almost like building the letters, like a block, just reversing the letters and playing with the letters, you know? Uh, you just open like my whole creative mindset here. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm going to take this thought and move it over here. And, you know? Uh, so, any final words that you have for the listeners out there today, Constance? Sure. For anyone out there who may be in a place of stuck, maybe you just feel like you're just stuck and your life is not going anyplace. I'm here to tell you that make a conscious decision if that's what you want for your life to move ahead and for you to excel. It can be done. We all have been blessed with our own unique talents. God gave us all the tools that we need and that are necessary for us to be successful. So just think within yourself, you know, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? And take it from there and trust the process. So make yourself a good pot of gumbo. There you go. <laughs> That's what I get from pro and the progress and progress is build a, com a, a gumbo, you know, mm -hmm. and this is what we need. We need each other in order to make it a, a good, strong pot. And it's like you said, flavors and blends. And that's what we do with tea time is we put the flavors and blends together and we serve a different type of tea here on tea time. We don't serve the beverage. We serve personal stories and overcoming and updates like incredible incredible updates so constance you have any other plans besides the invisible soul coming out well after the invisible soul has been released i have a second anthology it's called prayer and purposeful praise and that's going to be coming out and i'm looking for individuals you know i'm looking for worship leaders pastors preachers teachers anybody who's just spiritual and loves the lord to come and join in this anthology we're going to be preparing this. And I want to be a lifetime resource um, with a concordance for references, scriptures, prayers. If that person wants to look for a prayer related to stress, they will look in the concordance and be able to find that. If they want a prayer on peace, they can look in the concordance and find that. So I want it to be multifaceted, but I want it to be of relevance. And so I will be making that announcement probably midsummer. So you're going to keep yourself busy all through the year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Constance, I really want to thank you for joining me today on Tea Time and bringing up some amazing updates and even surprising me with some of these updates. Uh, so <laughs> you just never know what comes to this table, you know, and sometimes I'm like, oh, OK, I got it. <laughs> so I want to thank all the viewers for uh, tuning in today, all of the questions that have come in. And all of my incredible supporters that support Tea Time each and every Thursday. And if you don't see it on a Thursday, it's a rescheduled Tea Time on a Monday or Tuesday. But you will be seeing over 100 Tea Times this year on Tea Time with Miss Liz. So stay tuned. There's going to be a lot more. I will be back tonight at 7 p.m. with a duo. Uh, and we're going to be talking about mystery romance. That's what we're going to be talking about. And then we're going to be jumping into the next week of three new incredible guests next thursday so always stay tuned and if you'd like to know more you can reach miss liz on any platform or check out the website www.misslizesteatimes.com 
And again, Constance, thank you so much for coming and giving me this incredible update. I can't wait. Once you get that date, let me know. I'm going to push, 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 push. And I'm going to get that ugly duckling out there so everyone can yes. see the invisible soul. Yes. Again, thank you so much, Constance. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure.